the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to a town in Galilee, Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And in his kingdom, there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who has said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. The angel then departed from her. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I don't get to say that very often anymore. It's great to have a few folks with me here after the baptism. We have the Phillips Kalo family that is sticking around for our communion and for all the other things that are to come. When I get to this time of year, one of the things I get most excited about are my favorite Christmas cookies. Now, on my own maternal mother's side, it is pecan pie bars. And while those aren't technically a cookie, they are divine. And on my mother-in-law's side, it's frosted buttermilk sugar cookies for the holiday. And those are just so good. Sadly, this year, Tara and I will be staying in Chicago for the holidays. So we either won't have my favorite cookies or we'll just have to try and replicate these recipes here in Chicago at home. But I have to be honest, for both of my moms, they have a magical touch and their cookie creations are often replicated, but never, never duplicated. And I'm sure that we all have favorites of our own. Maybe for you, it's a Christmas cookie this time of year or an ornament or a favorite song. Maybe it's that favorite sweater or those worn in pair of slippers or that specialty drink that's made from the local coffee shop. Whatever it is, it's inevitable that we will have some favorites. And I'll even say that that's a good thing. It's good to know what we like and prefer. But then there are times when our favorites can lead us to unfair treatment of the things that are less favorite in our lives. I know for me, the other cookies on the cookie tray that aren't pecan pie bars or those frosted buttermilks get a lot less attention from me. And I know that's just a harmless example of my own favoritism, but 
What about when our favoritism expands beyond just our food preferences into our relationships with people? This is where favoritism can turn extremely harmful when it becomes power and privilege that is held by some over others. And then it's even built into the very way that we order our lives together. We then start to create groups who believe that they are exceptional while others experience a collective lack of favor. And this favor for some might develop into a sense of superiority while those who experience unfavor internalize a sense of oppression. In our gospel today, Mary would have known what it was like to experience that internalized sense of oppression. For one, she was a woman in antiquity where women were regarded as property of either their father or their husband. Not only that, she was poor. She would have known the hunger pains and the struggle of survival under the ruthless Roman Empire that exploited her for its own gain. It's no wonder then that she is perplexed and she ponders the angel Gabriel's words who greets her by saying, greetings favored one, the Lord is with you. I'm sure Mary must have looked around, raised her eyebrows and asked, me? You're referring to me as a favored one? Is this a joke or something? But it wasn't a joke. And God's favor did rest on Mary, whose life, as Reverend Cindy Bug says, is about to be both upended and established forever in the history of, history of humankind. She does not know that her humble beginnings are not indicative of her calling as the mother of the Messiah. She does not know that the favor upon her will not translate into personal gain or popularity or even privilege. We have the advantage of knowing what is next, but Mary does not know why an angel would disrupt the normal course of events in her life with the simple words, greetings favored one, the Lord is with you. Mary's favor with God it's a message of favor to us all. It's not about wealth or status or power or privilege. Those are not signs of God's favor. Those are things that are the result of the unequal power structures of this world, a world that privileges the few over the many. But no, this message of favor on Mary, this humble servant, it's so radical that it then even inspires Mary to sing the Magnificat, the song that we too sung tonight and proclaimed. Let me just get the words here so I can sing it. Tell out my soul the greatness of God's might. Powers and dominions lay their glory. By proud hearts and stubborn wills are put to flight. The hungry fed, the humble lifted high. Those words, those radical words, were the result of the favor that was pronounced upon Mary. And not only was this message of favor proclaimed here tonight in both our scripture and our song, but it was proclaimed as well in our sacraments as well. 
in Cecily and Agatha's baptism here tonight. The favor of God was announced and poured over each of them as children of God in whom God is well pleased. It's a moment for all of us to remember our own baptisms and to experience God's favor anew. God's favor that rests upon all of us and that it's not dependent upon our worldly power, our position, or our privilege. In fact, God's favor is coming into this world and upending all of those unequal systems and structures. And that's because God doesn't play favorites. If God showed up to our Christmas party, God wouldn't have a favorite cookie on the tray. And that's because God's favor rests equally upon all creation. This greeting by the angel Gabriel to Mary, it was a greeting to us all. Favored one, the Lord is with you. We can trust this greeting, even as we wait with Advent hope for the Lord's coming again. A return that Mary's defiant song prophesized that will bring the mighty down from their thrones. It will exalt the humble and meek. Christ's return will fill the hungry with good things and send the rich away empty. This good news of unmerited favor on us all, it's announced to Mary by the angel Gabriel, and it echoes for us here tonight through scripture, through song, and through sacrament. We have been reminded of of the, that the power and privilege is not over others that we have, but God's favor and the Lord's presence is with all people. So rejoice. Rejoice, O highly favored. The Lord is with you, and Christ is coming soon to make all things new. Amen.